Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He is Jordan McNamara, and we share our research, experience, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. Big three thoughts for the week, and we have to start with one of the apex running backs here in Christian McCaffrey. The two injuries heard around the world. Uh, we've had some budding optimism for Jordan Mason. We do have Elijah Mitchell back and healthy in that backfield as well. So the stir, uh, the, the straw that mixes the drink there for the 49ers, they had a dud game all around against the Browns. Hopefully bounce back uh, for Brock Purdy and company. But Christian McCaffrey, how long is he out? As well as what is the move with McCaffrey and others on that depth chart is prominent in our thoughts this week. Yeah, number one in terms of expected running back points is the San Francisco 49ers. So absolutely a big situation as well as a, a big player missing from that situation. Um, I, you know, one of the, I saw a quote this week, and I just I, it's important when we see these things to call attention to them. It was something to the effect of it was kind of paraphrasing what uh, Kyle Shanahan had said that basically that Elijah Mitchell uh, was what is basically deserves the the thing. He, that's not what he said. Right? He did not say that. That's not not what he said. And actually, if you look at last week's usage, uh, Jordan Mason well over. Uh, Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell has been yeah. banged up. He's been in and out of the lineup. But last week was absolutely Jordan Mason over uh, uh, over Elijah Mitchell. Again, we'll see what happens. I am going to play uh, Jordan Mason as if he is a starter in my lineup decisions. I think that's the, the most important thing you saw this past week. 28% snap share for Jordan Mason, only 13% for Elijah Mitchell. Again, you extrapolate that out in a game where uh, McCaffrey played 56% of the snaps, right? Um, I, I do think that, you know, Mason, 21% of their carries to only 8% for Mitchell. So, right, there's a there's an edge there. It's a edge that's a similar edge in the receiving game as well. We'll see how that plays. But again, I think Mason's the number one guy, first and foremost. Um, I do think for... Uh, if it, you know, I, it, this, this and David Montgomery's injuries feel very similar to me in terms of how they're described. I don't know if they're the exact same injury we haven't gotten that clarity yet, but I do think I'm sort of treating them as kind of like a week to week type deal, probably not going on IR, but probably going to miss the upcoming week is sort of how I'm thinking about it. Like does a team with Christian McCaffrey make him available because like, Hey, they were kind of hanging on. He was really the reason why that they were going, you know, they're two and four. And as a result, like they're going to sort of pack it in, right? You have to be, you have to pay attention in your leagues and make that a point to look and see if you can't make that bet right now, right? Because if, you know, we talked about this in our, in our, uh, our after hour show on the Patreon side this week, like when these guys become available, you have to pounce, right? You have to look. I don't think he's going to be available in a ton of leagues, but there will be a league or two where he is traded. And I think you have to be in and explore that marketplace for him. Yeah. Um, and for Jordan Mason, two pieces. Good news is, if you've been listening to us, you probably already have some shares. So that's not to say that in every single one of your leagues that he's owned by you, but it does mean you already have an above average roster rate across your leagues. And reminder, if you're in 12 teamers, typically, if you're if he's in more than 8.5% of your leagues, you're already above baseline in terms of roster rate. So the good news is if you already have that banked in, whatever you're bidding this week or trying to acquire him or whatever uh, off the waiver wire, that's kind of bonus money. Uh, I do think it was good process. One one of the taglines I had for a couple of weeks was Jordan Mason 
make Elijah Mitchell prove it to you. A, coming back, like, and, and I do this all the time, where you want to be a little more sticky with the guys you like before you just assume they're going to revert to the running back three role or, or from running back one to two and make sure the guy comes back, plays a game, is healthy because the last thing you want to do, and if this had played out this way, imagine last week, you get to Thursday or Friday, you're like, up, oh, Elijah Mitchell, he's trending towards being active. Let me drop Jordan Mason and let me pick up somebody else. And now you get to this week and it turned completely sideways on you. Mitchell was healthy. He got through the game. However, now you're, you saw that Mason stayed hot, stayed ahead of him, and you would spend, have to spend an egregious amount on the waiver wire to get Jordan Mason this week. And that's the downside, and that's why you're always stickier with the, well, I picked this guy up for peanuts. Let's actually make Mitchell come back, outplay him, and be healthy, stay there, uh, and keep Mason down as running back three. So that's why you want to make sure you're doing all those things. Uh, and it's a really good exercise that we're seeing in live fire I wanted to break down just because – Make him prove it to you because the downside is immense of not having a guy that would be an auto pickup, maybe an auto start, and someone that would be super costly and no guarantee you get him back. All right. Uh, we also have Kieran Williams. So Jordan, uh, a friend of ours, asked me a question this week of like, what has really disappointed you or what is something that has really uh, had you reacting in recent times? And you know what? Ronnie Rivers being injured in the same game as Kieran Williams is exactly that. This I think there was a Madison game that he went out the same yes. game or Dalvin Cook was out, or he got hurt the week before or something. It's like, oh, now we get the Cook injury. But this strikes me the same way. I am so pot committed on Ronnie Rivers, and the fact that Kieran Williams is likely coming back before Ronnie Rivers tilts me to no end because I have such confidence that Ronnie Rivers would have had the identical market share maybe higher of Kieran Williams <laughs> that I really think he could have changed the season for us, changed a cross section of the season for lineup decisions, 20 plus point potential, all of that good stuff with what's happening for the Rams. And now I think it could all be a ball of nothing with what they're going to try to pace together with the running back group. Uh, agreed with all that. He's my uh, tied for my highest owned dynasty player, oh. highest rostered at 66% there. So new Malcolm Brown. Hill. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I will say if you're disappointed about Ryan Irves, at least you probably have a high percentage of Craig Reynolds who might get a spot start this week. So that's <laughs> there exciting go. there. So um, <laughs> then where, where one hand takes away one hand given uh, the, it's it's hilarious to me though like zach evans strikes me as a guy that he's like a 6-2 offsuit in poker right <laughs> you should never play it um it's a terrible odds hand and you know what it you you made a you made a bad call pre-flop you made a bad call <laughs> on the flop on the on the uh uh on the uh turn and then you get to the river and it hits an inside straight draw, and you're like, "Are you kidding me?" Like someone drafted Zach there. Evans at two ten in May, and they've been <laughs> holding on since. And they're like, "Ha ha!" Yes. And they didn't drop him this whole time, which is also a bad decision, right? And so you got all this way, like Ronnie Rivers. Beat he him can't out, though, Kyron right? Williams, he can Akers. Like, Zach Evans can't be the answer, right? It's not going to be the answer. Right? It's going to be, be like. Right? No, it's going to be like Miles um, Gaskin's going to get like 18 touches in this Well, game, not this right? week. Not this week, but I did find it fascinating. They bring in all these guys. You know, they bring in Henderson. They bring in Miles Gaskin. When I saw all that stuff, that so Royce Freeman is going to be the most 
lackluster play this week. He's going to get like nine touches. (laughs) And the upside is literally like nine points if he falls in for a touchdown. (laughs) So his upside is that. And then it's going to turn into an S show the week following, the game following. So that's what you have to look forward to. And then it's going to go back at some point to Kieran Williams. And then Ronnie Rivers will be back in your fantasy playoffs and we'll still be stashing him because that's what we do. But right. um, but nothing happened. We had the opportunity of a of a, of, of a lifetime, of a season, and it's just not going to happen. Um, but yeah, they're going to throw spaghetti. And I think they're just going to have Stafford. They're going to throw so many tunnel screens. Higby's going to be back in the mix. They're going to be throwing tight end screens three times a game. I don't know. They're going to piecemeal it together. But Can I tell you the most surprising stat? I, I, I come into the season where it's literally, I, I'll believe... Any possibility, right? Like anything is possible, right? Really wide ranges of outcomes. I have, I have that. And I pride myself on thinking like, you know, range of outcomes, all really wide. You know, we don't know anything. The idea that coming into the season, if you told me sitting here post week six, going yeah. into week seven, that Kyron Williams would lead <laughs> the running back position in route participation and snaps and snap percentage is it was too far for me to have believed. I, could like, I talked about a lot of stuff during the long off season, but I didn't talk about that. That was one of the things that just was not on the list. It'd be funny if Jordan has a to-do list and it's like a mile long. It's like Santa's Christmas, Santa's, Santa's list. And then everything is crossed off. And the one thing left at the bottom is Kieran Williams workhorse. And it shows it as uncrossed off. And it was like, and, and it's just a video of Jordan staring at it. And he checks his watch and kickoff for week one is about to happen. He's like, ah, I'm done. Just, I, I ran out of time. <laughs> that would be such a great comic, a, a drawn comic. If someone would do that, that would be unreal. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah everything with that. 250 podcasts in the off season and didn't get to Kyron Williams. Just missed. <laughs> one speed bump. Here. <laughs> Did not get there. Exactly. Kieran Williams, monster workhorse. Yeah. <laughs> Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that didn't, oh, exactly. that didn't happen. I wonder if that if we talked in May though, you wonder if we talked in May with Jordan Rodriguez, what what would she have said? I don't know, but I, I tell you, we are <laughs> going to think about this. We're gonna have the Kyron Williams test in the offseason about like, yes. all right, give me your guys that you could Spit- like let's wait. Let's we did this, Jordan. Work up Was it list. before week one? We did something where we said, let's just talk a bunch of crazy stuff. Right. Before it, it was before week list, one, right? right? Didn't make the cut. Wasn't it before week one though? Yes. Yeah. We said, what, what, let's just throw some stuff out there. And I, yeah, we didn't come up with that. Yeah. Wouldn't shame. Shame. Okay. How about Raheem Mostert league winner? How are you, how are you riding this wave? I, I mean, I think you just play it out, right? I mean, you just, you just keep playing it, right? Uh, if you're playing, if you're contending, like he's in your lineup every week, right? I, I just, it doesn't seem like it makes a ton of sense, right? It's not the typical profile of a running back over 30 years old. But again, this is another lesson of we are really bad at understanding what's going to happen before it happens. And so you just have to give yourself the odds and the the chance to do some of these things. And Raheem Mostert's a classic example of that. Both him and Jeff Wilson were available outside the top 200 picks in startup dress. They were the least sex appeal picks 
all startup draft season, right? No one tweeted about him, right? No one was posting pictures on Twitter and no one wins Twitter season, uh, you know, dynasty bikini season with Raheem Mostert on the roster. But you know what Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson names? (laughs) Five and one, right? Those teams are like five and one, right? They're, They're dominating, right? And I just like, it's a classic example of it doesn't have to be pretty, right? The way you win is, is taking, uh, good percentage bets again this was an unlikely bet but if you take enough of them like if you take bets like Kyron Williams if you take bets again we take a Ronnie Rivers bet and that goes that goes broke but again we've taken Craig Reynolds bets takes one right one to win exactly exactly it takes one of them and you just keep taking them right and you put yourself in a position that something crazy in this realm is going to happen I need to be there to capitalize. And the way to capitalize is getting a running back like Raheem Mostert to hit. He was so dirt cheap. And again, that's why we roster two to one running backs to wide receivers, because it'd give you access to a guy like Raheem Mostert to a guy like Kyron Williams, Um, you know, and, and Zach Evans, who I took way too much of and didn't realize how good Kyron Williams is going to be until it was way too late, you know? So yeah, this is a good example. Like this week right now, this, this topic, right? This is why, when all this stuff goes on in the off season and everyone's talking about and tweeting and, you know, Oh, look at my, you know, look at my, you know, look how great my uh, wide receiver core with Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be right. <laughs> That's why we don't win that season. We win this season. Right. And it's guys like Raheem Mostert uh, and it's guys like Kyron Williams. And it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, having Craig Reynolds for a spot start right now, right. Those types of things are really, really going to help us. And, you know, I, I just wish we could can this podcast and play <laughs> it back to people in june right that's yeah. something that we should definitely do oh you know actually what we should do we should do a faux show faux show on uh in in april or may that basically we're going to mimic how we talk in the regular season because it's going to be in the midst of rookies are everything remember devon uh devon achan was going so high because oh he's just going to walk into the starting job i truly believe jeff wilson would basically be doing what Mostert is doing. If you flip-flopped, Mostert got hurt, Jeff Wilson healthy, we'd be seeing the same thing. It was two plays for one spot, and you're taking the veteran over uh, Achan, who fell in the draft, mind you. He was supposed to go, what, top 50? Ended up going in the third round. And a suboptimal size profile. Is he really going to be a lead back? And you know what? Even the game he was healthy, pretty much 50-50, and they were still going to supply two fantasy starters at the running back position. So to say that he made... Mostert irrelevant is not true. So, and, and I, when he comes back, guess what? Not going to be irrelevant. It's going to be based on the health of Wilson and Mostert anyway. Because, I mean, Achan's probably going to be a 50-50 guy at best in a committee, right? They're going to, quote-unquote, keep him fresh and manage him. Uh, hot rod already in the shop. So, <laughs> I mean, if that's not, you know, proof of concept of like, yeah, this is a firefighter and let's, uh, you know, make sure we keep the fire at bay. You know, let's make sure we get him uh, specific touches. Yeah, uh, Mostert, he is saving my butt in one of my leagues where I've got, I got ETN, but no one else really, you know, in terms of big time profiles at running back, I haven't got the hits at backup. Mostert's been in there ever, he's in there week one and ever since. And I mean, when you find that guy, like some of these trades where people are trading him for a second, I mean, I even if you're rebuilding, even if you, I, I don't know how you have Mostert and you're one in five or worse, but if you were, I would still shop and get better. There's no way the best deal you could possibly come up with is a second round pick. There's no way. The, the, the three, four, five stronger teams in your league, I'm not going to say they're going to be fighting over him, but they should actively be saying, 
I'm there's a line I won't cross, but I'm willing to up my offer because I don't want my 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 huge opponent in potentially in the playoffs and buys and all this kind of stuff to have Mostert. And I assume you're shopping him. Yes. You should actually, if you're shopping Mostert or you're one in five and, and doing something like this, you should probably put in the comment, Hey, shopping him around to all the contenders, you know, just wanted to gauge where you were. Yep. Right. I mean, we're not big yep. on comments, but instead of selling low or assuming there's a market of one team, put a comment like that. So they know, you are shopping to the exact people that they're contending against. Yes. Play the psychological right. warfare there, Chad. Yeah. And again, you're not saying like, you know, this whole, like, I hate the thing of like, hey, best offer. He's going to be gone by the weekend, blah, blah, blah. That's all BS and who cares? Mm -hmm. But you just need to let them know you are shopping around. Yes. Because they should be more interested than if you assumed it otherwise. All right. We got a couple of, did I get enough this week? Justin Jefferson, he's back up. We got Superflex. We got tight end premium. Jefferson for Brandon Ayuk, Dallas Goddard, 24 first, 24 third. Can we talk about how disappointing Goddard's been? Um, he's just not totally, directly. <laughs> to totally, totally fallen off uh, in terms of the efficiency and some of the stuff that we liked about him. I mean, maybe potential next coming too. of the guy to yeah. just another guy, just another guy. Right. And that's, that's a, uh, you know, we talk about reminders of things we should remember in the off season. That's a good example of one, right? If you're not a guy at tight end and there's only like two or three of them at any given time, <laughs> you're just, yeah. you're just a bunch of guys. right? So I, I do think that's uh, valuable there. I'd, I'd be curious to see where the pick is, right? If that's an elite pick, it's probably not, right? It would be the, the yeah. thought there. It's probably later pick would be my, my assumption. I, this is cheap Jefferson, right? I mean, again, I think I really like Ayuk, uh, but Jefferson just, it's a, he's just heliocentric. Like it's just, the world revolves. And, um, I just, I, I would go that route again. I think, you know, if Goddard was performing like Laporta, something like that, we'd be probably having a maybe different conversation about this deal, yeah. but I don't know if it's ever going to be there for him. He's older well, than can people I tell think. You, right. Well, this whole efficiency thing, can I tell you, can I tell you one thing that the, the basic formula, so you had a, Fantasy, yes, you had an elite quarterback in Jalen Hurts, but you didn't have an elite passing quarterback in Jalen Hurts. And then you combine that with A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, and it's just tough. It's tough in that environment to get all the way home. So that equation, it may look rosy. Oh, big-time offense. I got the starting tight end. He's going to get ignored because there's other big-time talents there. Well, no, the competition is bad. If A.J. Brown is an alpha and Devonta Smith is really good, like, what do you think is left for the tight end? I mean, and then you have a quarterback that a good chunk of his his production or what makes him elite fantasy-wise is rushing. So it's really not the perfect storm. Kelsey is the perfect storm. Anytime you want to make some argument for some other tight end, you're like, this is the perfect storm. Kyle Pitts is the perfect storm. No, it's not. No. Get Patrick Mahomes and clear out wide receiver. That is an ideal situation for unheralded elite production. Everything else, like, and again, look at Mark Andrews. They've added a wide receiver. No one's really taken Mark Andrews' spot. And Lamar Jackson is one where he's good enough as a passer, for sure. So that is a better scenario. Dallas Goddard, not a great scenario. Kittle, without Brandon Ayuk, would be a decent scenario. I mean, that you're, you're getting in the proximity of fitting. So just 
again, the, the, you want a good enough quarterback and you want non-elite wide receivers. That's what you actually want. And Goddard doesn't really have either one. But yeah, that better be really, really high uh, to, to validate that, uh, that side for sure. And I, I'm one of the biggest Ayuk fans on the planet, but that's pretty cheap to upgrade from Ayuk to Jefferson. And who cares how many games he misses? All right, we got one more here. In Superflex, Justin Herbert, Brock Purdy, uh, sorry, Justin Herbert, four, Brock Purdy, Jameer Gibbs, and a third. I mean, I would run over in the, <laughs> the cutest, the most adorable moment of my daughter's life. I would run him over to go get the, to get my phone to accept this. <laughs> I would do this in a heartbeat. Uh, you know, some of the Herbert uh, discussion is, um, uh, is, is odd, right? I do think he is the guy, I mean, he's the quarterback one right now <laughs> in terms of, uh, it depends your format a little bit, but that's crazy. It feels like he's had a down year, doesn't it? Crazy. Well, the, the quarterback position generally has had a down year. We're going to talk about that in our deeper dive on Patreon <laughs> this week, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's a dude right i mean we talk about guys that are up near kind of the apex of the of the the mountain there there's only a handful of them at any given time and he's one of those guys uh and you know and and i, I think it's interesting like he's really durable as well like you've seen him be hurt you've seen him uh you know last year he was banged up basically throughout the year and still performed at a really high level Right. That's and Josh Allen, the same thing. We see that with lesser physical quarterbacks like Joe Burrow, um, some of the stuff that's going on with him right now, when they're not at their uh, when they're not at 80 or 90 percent, right, it's a big, big drop off. We've seen Herbert be super durable uh, and be able to play through some stuff that has really hampered other guys. So um, I just I mean, the answer is Herbert. Uh, and, you know, we like Gibbs, right? We like Purdy, but you get Purdy and Gibbs with the hope that at some moment a guy like mm -hmm. Herbert will become available. And this is the moment you got to strike. Yeah. And just every week he's either putting up the rushing or he has, I mean, not many quarterbacks in the league have even the potential if they get some volume to complete 40 passes in a game, for goodness sake, like you can just put this guy, your whole offense on him. And frankly, the chargers do without, without Austin Eckler and they've got defensive problems. We get that. That's not our problem. That's not a fantasy problem for Justin Herbert. That's a good problem that he's going to need to put up points. There's pressure. You get negative game script and he's that dude. So yeah, like you said, I mean, he, I mean, there were, I don't know what the props were, but he was one that we discussed as could lead the league in, in pass attempts. And then your touchdown rate is a little less important when you're slinging the ball that many times and Eckler's back. I mean, no Mike Williams. Can we get something out of Quentin Johnston? But it's, yeah, like you said, I mean, the optics of just, if you watched all those games, you're not having the feel like we've, we're seeing Justin Herbert's peak and yet QB one, like you said, depending on the format as it sits right now. So isn't that the test for an elite quarterback though, right? Yeah. Like the test for an elite quarterback is basically, you know, can you be, uh, you know, a top two or three guy when it's not perfect. Right. Yeah. We've seen Mahomes do that. We've seen Allen do that. We're, we're seeing Herbert do that. Um, I, yeah. I do think, you know, that that is uh, a real thing that's going on with him. That that is um, is good. I would still love to see him run a little bit more. It's 75 yards through five games. So guys, we'll take the touchdowns, good. though, if he if he can average he like a touchdown every touchdown. three games or something. I mean, that's still pretty salty and we'll take that. And, but he again, super smart. He gets down. He and, and I've said before, these running quarterbacks. 
you see Mahomes do the right thing almost every time and Herbert does as well. Josh Allen, he's still working on it, but it's uh <laughs> it's once you get the first down, I mean, be very careful about seeking more yardage. Move okay. the sticks, convert, have the successful play, check mark, and then move on to the next set, next set of downs. Right. He scrambled and Mahomes does that better than anybody. Year. Yeah, he yeah. scrambled 16 times this year. Uh last year he scrambled 24 all of all of last year. Right. Yeah. So already you're seeing you are seeing a, a in his career high in a season is 36. Like he's well on pace to do that. Uh and so I, I do think it's he, I, I do think that's interesting. By the way, 2.62 yards after contact this year. Last year it was 0.49. He <laughs> totally eroded as a runner last year. Uh yeah. only 156 rushing yards. So through five games, he's halfway to his rushing total last year. Yeah. Right. So it's a it's a pretty wild thing there. And again, he's he's on pace to be, you know, close to his career high in terms of rushes. Be good enough as a as a runner uh, to aid yourself, but also add enough that you're not super far behind some of the big runners at the position. Yes. Um, one more. And it's unexciting. It's in our regular bucket of dynasty trades, a stock format way in here on the market for Sam Laporta. We've got George Pickens and Pat Fryermuth for Laporta and a third. It's stock, so you got to be careful about making huge, uh, you know, paying a big price at, at to move up at tight end, right? Because the the gap that you're going to get between Fryermuth and Laporta in a stock format is not that big, unless Laporta is basically Travis Kelsey, right? By the way, yeah. Travis Kelsey yeah. uh, in his career year in 2020, which is basically the best season that any tight ends ever posted uh, in terms of just total yardage. Um, in, in yards per game, uh, he it was at 2.5 yards per route run. He's at 2.4 this year. It's his second yeah. best year of his career at 34 years old. Just well, with two, and with two games and with two games, he's been kind of dinged up playing through it. Yeah, yeah. Without any other help, really. He's he. By the way, he's kicked into the slot. It's it's basically it's the most nutty. he's ever played yeah. in the slot. It's, um. I mean, just it's incredible. This guy. It's just a. It's a. It's a. It's a. A gift to be able to watch him play. Um. Uh. Maybe Taylor Swift is the uh the fountain of youth. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. So the so back to this one. Um. You know, I think you're probably selling a little low on Pickens would be my thought. I think yeah. you're probably selling low on Firemuth and buying high on Laporta. So that would be my concern, I think, with the format. If this was two PPR, I'd feel a little bit more apt to do something like this. But I, I'm a little bit hesitant just because I think you're selling low on those other two guys. Yeah, I will say with Pickens, and obviously you don't have the flexibility to put him into a, a big quarterback deal like a super flex, uh, super flex format. But you do have a lot of flexibility uh, with Pickens to go sharp shooting at the position. Like, could you have got, done this for Andrews or uh, or Kelsey? You know, by by having a different piece than Fryermuth, let's say. But it's Pickens plus. Mm -hmm. You know, so I so I would I would think about those angles. I would also ask, you know, how good is your quarterback? Because I think a lot of people underrate a stud quarterback in a start one, no frills. Um, so if you can go all the way up to have a player that's on a high trajectory, high ceiling, high weekly outcome, all those types of things, um, that's valuable. And I think it's underrated in a start one in the land of a lot of quarterbacks are cheap, but the elite ones still count a lot, you know? So um, at a position that you can maybe save a roster spot as well. So uh, I would look at those angles, uh, typically trading for running back, you know, from wide receiver, I don't generally do that. Um, so that's, that's murky waters. I don't like to look through too often. We usually do the opposite. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I would try different 
you know, in terms of pickings. Fryermuth, I still want to give him a chance. It feels like you're throwing him in for nothing. And I still want to see what's there because it's been of a bit of a stop go start for him. And I think this might end up being a non year, but it doesn't mean he's a non player. So I would just keep that in mind. It, it sucks having Firemuth on your roster right now that he's not playing, hasn't been a great year, uh, and picket questions and all that kind of stuff. But I, I would say give him a give give Bandrews a, a chip in a chair and a chance for a little bit longer because it's been some extenuating circumstances going on here. Uh, you already mentioned it, but the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week over at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. Um, after hours, we talked about tanking, uh, the, the murky waters of what is above board, uh, below board, things to look for in your league. Uh, Jordan, you talked about some formats that or, or ways to set up your league where tanking's not really a thing. You know, look out in your lineups for your leagues. We also talked about some specific settings in in a league that we made a trade for uh, that's changing our team. So you want to get uh, a definite look at our strategy going under the hoods for something that, I mean, we're talking years in the making for turning around a team that had a fatal flaw. And we saw that fatal flaw play out. We made a big, bold trade. Uh, we made moves preemptively before that to start correcting this, uh, this boat course uh, with that rudder going in the wrong direction. And now it's making a big difference. So you're going to get get to hear behind the scenes for a lot of that here on uh, on After Hours. And also Deeper Dive, Jordan mentioned it, we're going to be talking about the quarterback position and one in Superflex that you have to get profiles right. And we're going to talk a lot about those profiles and a lot about the hierarchy of the position, putting them in buckets uh, there on Deeper Dive this week. So thank you so much for listening this week. Follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL at McNamara Dynasty. Plus, we have our own Dynasty content streams over there at analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. As always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. 